0: This is Financially Tuned with Rob Burnett from Outlook Financial Center. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Rob provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. Your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Rob Burnett to help you find out how to be financially tuned.
1: Welcome to today's episode of Financially Tuned. I'm Rob Burnett from the Outlook Financial Center and with me in the studio today is the man that keeps me on track, my friend, my co-host, Mr. Tony Shore. Good morning, Tony. What's going on in your world?
0: Well, it's it's going around. Uh, It's still moving and uh, things are still happening. Obviously uh, excited uh, about uh, the show today and just uh, really getting into this uh, new year and uh, really enjoying it. I've been kind of crazy busy uh, this year already. It kind of kicked off with a bang um, between family stuff. Um, You know, I've got a son in college now. And getting him, reminding him that now each he has to reapply for, uh, <laughs> for uh, scholarships and things each year because uh, he can get more, and it, just trying to get him motivated. You know, that's always fun.
1: Oh, it yeah, absolutely. And one of the ways I always motivated my kids and that thing is that, you know, Dad's wallet's closed. You need to fix this.
0: Yeah, we're we're at that point, and so uh, uh, on break he, he's on break right now. We're sure. making him he's working every day, so we're like, nope, you got to pitch in, buddy. That's right. So that's that's the good news there. Um, how about you? How's everything going at Outlook Financial Center? And where's your cohort Lori, Lori today?
1: Well, since our topic today is uh, taxes, Lori says I don't do taxes. Actually, she does. Oh. But she leaves you know, those topics to me, and uh, she's off uh, working on some other projects for us right now because uh, we've been, uh, uh, beginning of the year, very busy as well. We've got uh, two seminars that are coming up here in a couple of weeks, uh, and we're doing them one here in Troy and one up in Sydney, the first time we've uh, ventured up the road about 17 miles to uh, do a uh, retirement seminar up there as well. So we're busy getting ready for that, and uh, uh, it's just... It's a very interesting time and particularly with what we're going to talk about today it's a a very interesting time for everyone
0: sure Uh, it is and there are a lot of changes happening and before i know you mentioned that today's show is going to be on taxes before we lose any listeners i want to say that this is an important topic because of all the changes that are going on and i know Uh, You're somewhat of a tax guru, and you're a tax professional, right, as well as a financial planner? Uh,
1: That's correct. I am uh, registered with the uh, IRS as a uh, paid tax professional. Uh, Registered with the IRS does not say approved. It just means I'm registered with the IRS. So that being said, I've been doing this kind of work um, as a professional preparer for the, the last 10 years. So it does help me be a better advisor. Uh, in that regard, because I do stay in touch with all the new tax rules. And, and that's really what we're going to focus on in the show today. And we're going to uh, title the show, The Big Tax Change 2018, Winners and Losers. So oh, how, how about that for a, a, a hefty I like day. it. Yeah, dull, well, dull topic, sharp uh, headline.
0: Yeah, great headline uh, for a, a crazy topic, but there are big tax changes coming And I assume, as with everything our government does, there are probably going to be winners and losers. So I'm glad you're going to talk to us about this.
1: Absolutely. So uh, some very recent history, uh, on December 22nd of last year, uh, the president signed into law H.R. 1. What's important about that, H.R. means it was filed in the House of Representatives. One means it was literally the first bill filed for Uh, 2018, H.R. 1, and and then just goes sequentially after that. Now, it's officially titled an act to provide for reconciliation pursuant to titles 2 and 5 of the concurrent resolution on the budget for fiscal year 2018. (laughs) (laughs) I read that for the first time. I said, that sounds really simple, really clear, right? Uh, Wow. It was originally called the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. That kind of makes sense, and that's how people are referring to it uh, in industry right now. But that name had to be deleted from the official title to prevent a filibuster by the Democrats in the Senate. The Senate rules, this is where, you know, watching our government make laws like watching sausage being made. You really don't want to watch that. Nope. But, but the Senate rules required the name change so the law could be passed with a simple majority using budget reconciliation rules. If they left the name alone, then it would have to go through the 60-vote Senate a uh, cloture process, get 60 votes oh, sure. to take it to the floor. And this is how they avoided that. Then, you know, that's our government in action. But you know, just think about it. Politicians and political pundits have a history of tweaking the names of laws to suit their particular agendas. I mean, remember this thing we called Obamacare? That was oh, really yeah. called the Affordable Care Act. And people had all kinds of fun with that name. So our yep. conversation today is going to focus on how important it is to really be aware of the future U.S. taxation and the laws and the tax changes, because we want to ensure that uh, your wallet doesn't take an unnecessarily big hit.
0: Right. And that's the bottom line right there. So I'm looking forward to this. And uh, Rob, I've heard uh, a lot of the new tax law changes are a real departure from how our 2017 taxes will be filed. So this year, when we file uh, our 2017 taxes, uh, that's going to be the old way so there's a lot of changes coming, and that's very different then, right? Absolutely.
1: Now, you, you go back, and once again, let's have a little fun with this, fun with a tax topic. Hmm, okay. <laughs> you know, there, there's an old phrase in saying, says nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. And that was written by Benjamin Franklin. Uh, in 1789 as an off-kilter reference to the newly established constitution of the u.s and it's kind of been true ever since and but look about it when was the last time we had major tax reform it was actually in 1986 so we're looking at you know 30 over 30 years ago in the reagan administration and there's been a lot of stuff going on in the financial landscape since so you know, many cynics believe that nothing can be said to be certain except da- death and increasing taxes, <laughs> and, and that's kind of that's kind of what we've seen over the last uh, number oh, of yeah. years. Yeah, but sure, the yeah. the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act promises a 1.5 trillion dollar tax cut. So, is it trillion or billion? It's actually trillion. You know, oh wow, one point five billion is, you know, that's that, that's you lose that in the round in, in in Washington, DC. <laughs> so that's it's actually one change. point exactly. So it's actually one point five trillion tax cut. And this is over a ten, oh. ten year period, because that's how they write these laws. So let's mm-hmm. how's that it really impact Main Street? How's that impact, you know, folks like you and I who get up and go to work every day? Uh from the uh the analysis done by the House of Representatives, a typical family of four earning the annual median family income of $73,000 will receive a tax cut of about $2,059. Okay, $2,000. That's real money. Most Americans would say, yeah, I, I can get my arms around that. Let's look at some of the other fallout that's happened since this has passed. Uh, many corporations are basically taking that their newfound tax savings because their tax rate went from 35 to 21%. And they're passing on to their employees in the form of increased wages, improved and expanded benefits and bonuses. We're seeing news about that every day. Uh, The companies are giving $1,000, $2,000 bonuses, raising the minimum starting wages. Walmart's doing it, raising minimum starting wages. So a lot of things like that are being passed down to Main Street as a uh, result of that. In addition, a lot of companies are now buying equipment that they weren't going to buy before because all of a sudden they now have capital available that instead of sending it to Uncle Sam, they can buy new equipment. This is a big deal to the manufacturing sector because now you're going to have more orders for equipment. You're going to have more people that need to go build those orders. you are going to need to build those things in factories somewhere. So this is kind of that that trickle-down benefit that people always kind of make fun of, but it really does work. And the other thing you look at is the slower corporate tax rates enticing companies to successfully move jobs and facilities back to the U.S. And we think about it, uh, um, Fiat Chrysler just made an announcement. They're going to move a truck assembly plant from Mexico to back to the Detroit area to build Ram trucks. That's a huge wow. deal that's yeah. a huge deal. So we're starting to see those kind of things start to happen. And I think we're just on the leading edge of it. And if we can sustain this kind of activity, uh, right now, unemployment numbers are already, uh, at near what we would call full employment levels. Now that's the government reporting. I'm not sure I a hundred percent believe that yet. I still think we have some room to go, but it was certainly trending in the right direction.
0: Sure. Wow. Well, I know that, uh, critics of this new, uh, tax, uh, this new tax bill or tax laws uh, are that it's going to explode, explode our deficit. And uh, people want to know, how are we going to pay for these tax cuts? And that sounds like a good question and deserves an answer, right? What's your take on that?
1: Well, the problem isn't the tax code. The problem is spending discipline. Uh, Always. It always is. Right. So we've we've got competing political ideologies at play that don't agree on the proper size of government. That's really what it gets down to. Uh, And others resist the concept of spending less than you earn. I mean, as a family running your household, you can't spend more than you bring in forever. The day of reckoning is coming. Yeah. But the government can get away with that because they can print more money. If they need wow. it. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Wow. Y- your family and mine can't make that work. So the federal government keeps finding ways to increase its credit line without finding ways to proportionally cut its spending. Now, even though we may put legislation in place to attempt to cut spending through future sequestration, then who gets who's the target at sequestration for many years to spend in the military? So that's why we're seeing yeah. such issues in the military training accidents and training deaths. Things that when I was serving in the military, we didn't see those kinds of issues. They just didn't happen on the regularity and frequency we're seeing nowadays. So that's a big deal. That sequestration stops us from spending money, but are our priorities right? And so the politicians are always going to find a way to reduce the cuts and reduce that impact, but it's going to be to their agenda, not necessarily to the overall good. So the government keeps increasing its credit limit, the debt ceiling as it's called, But in order to get things back in balance we need to find ways to decrease spending and make more money and and sadly spending cut discussions rarely have any kind of a positive outcome consequently the only way for the government to compensate for its lack of spending cuts is by making more money now Mm. how do you make how's the government make more money they collect more taxes well at some point that doesn't work and we've proven that historically if you go back once again go back to president reagan the reagan administration the taxes collected by the government nearly doubled due to the changes in tax and the economic policies they implemented. The problem was the found, Congress found ways to spend the money faster than it came in. That wow. was the real issue. wasn't the, the fact that the, the, the tax cuts and the, the change in the tax tables and all stuff, it, it worked. It worked marvelously. But all of a sudden, Congress is presented, well, we got twice as much money to spend. Well, they spent more than twice as much money. That's a spending <laughs> discipline problem. And so according to the Congressional Budget Office, the projected deficit baseline from 2014 to 2024, the government collects approximately $42 billion less per month than it spends.
0: Well, hey, we're out of time for this segment. Is there anything you want to add before we take a quick break here?
1: Yeah, I do, Tony. And, and dealing with your taxes can be difficult, but it really doesn't have to be. Uh, visit our website at Outlook FC. That's Outlook, F as in financial, C is in center.com. Uh, Go to our Facebook page at Outlook Financial Center or give us a call at area code 937-552-9990. And for our radio listeners today, we want to give our complimentary Tax Cuts and Jobs Act Summary Report. And as a part of this offer, we would offer to schedule a one-hour, no-cost, no-obligation consultation. We'll go over the report, see what parts of it affect you personally, and answer any other pressing questions you have. Also, Tony, when we talk about our seminars, we're going to be covering some of these topics in our upcoming seminars in Troy on January 30th and in Sydney on February 1st. Uh, Once again, just call us at 937-552-9990 for more information and to register. Working with a financial plan and being counseled by a fiduciary planner like the ones we have here at Outlook Financial Center, we're going to give you the peace of mind to meet and overcome those life's financial obstacles and ensure you pay Uncle Sam what you owe, and not a penny more.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's you you want to minimize that tax burden any way you can. Uh listeners stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more on this topic, very interesting with Rob Burnett of Outlook Financial Center right after this. Most people plan on taking their social security benefits at one of three ages: 62, 66, or 70. But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run To determine the best time for you to file, call Outlook Financial Center at 937-552-9990 or visit outlookfc.com to request your complimentary social security maximization report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your
1: benefit. Welcome back to Financially Tuned with me, Rob Burnett from the Outlook Financial Center and our co-host, Mr. Tony Shore. Our topic today is the big tax change 2018 winners and losers. Are you a winner or a loser, Tony?
0: <laughs> well, uh, that depends on who you ask.
1: <laughs> in our first segment, we talked about the taxes and how uh, compared to paid being back in the 40s. We talked about government spending, how government spending affects our taxes. And we start starting to talk about this new tax law, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act.
0: Well, yeah. And in the, in the media, there's been a lot of noise about this or how good or bad it's going to be. I have to believe, though, that, Rob, the real impact is somewhere in between. So how are regular folks uh, like myself going to be affected?
1: Hey, Tony, that's a great question. So here's the definitive answer. You ready for this? Write this down. It depends.
0: I knew you were going to say that. You knew I was
1: going to say that, right? Yeah. The, The law definitely has winners and losers. Some are going to pay more and others less depending on their specific tax situation. These changes to the deductions and exemptions really do fall unevenly across economic sectors, across businesses, and individual taxpayers. Now, like many tax cuts, this makes me nuts, by the way, Tony, the Senate rules passed under budget reconciliation require the tax cuts to sunset. That means they expire at some point in the future. Now, the good news, well, no, not this is not good news. The news is tax law, increases are usually permanent unless they're reversed by future legislation. So the tax increases stay on the books until you actually go out and formally take active measures to reverse them. The good stuff, the cuts, oh, they didn't go away by themselves. How's that for a plan?
0: Wow. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. So, um, obviously, um, this new law, it, it promises to simplify the tax code, right? Though, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's simplifying anything, though.
1: No, it, it really isn't. Uh, and when we talk about tax law things sunsetting, it's sunset in 2025. So we've got a few years of the good stuff. Uh, they talked about simplifying the tax brackets. They didn't. We still have seven of them. Now, mm-hmm. five of the brackets have lower percentages, so that's good. Um, if you're an investor, your capital gains, that used to be a pretty simple calculation. You do have a scorecard, depending on your filing status. None of that got simpler. So let's look at some of the things that were simplified and and tell me what you think. Let's look at the standard deductions. This is one of the things that they've been touting pretty widely. The standard deductions have nearly doubled. So if you're uh, married filing jointly, your uh, standard deduction this year is going to be about $12,400. Next year in 2018, it's going to be $24,000. Not too shabby, right? right? Well, hang on personal exemptions when you file your taxes for 2017 a personal exemption that's you your spouse your kids who are living in your home and dependent upon you uh it's worth four thousand fifty dollars that's a that's a tax deduction in 2018 they're gone there are no more personal exemptions how's that sound
0: uh wow wow uh that that doesn't sound good does not uh, well i, I want I want I want exemptions. Well,
1: they're going to do it a little differently. That's why the winners and losers calculation comes in. Instead of the personal, and
0: so they're taking away. Are you saying they're taking away what I can write off?
1: In some areas, yeah. I'm Uh-oh. not done yet. The, the news isn't over. Is.
0: Okay, <laughs> that's not good though.
1: No, but instead of the personal exemption, they're going to increase the child tax credit from a thousand to two thousand dollars for children sixteen and younger, and. $1,400 of that is refundable. What that means is if your tax liability is zero, you can still get $1,400 of that back as a check, even though you haven't paid it in. That's what it's meant by a refundable tax credit. Now, when your kids turn you know, 17, you lose that child tax credit under current law. The new law is going to give you a $500 family dependency credit. So you're actually going to get a little bit. So if you look at the trade, depending on your tax bracket, you could come out ahead or you could lose a little. So the code got a little simpler, but did your taxes change a whole lot? It's hard to tell at this point, uh, home mortgage interest. You like writing that off, Tony? Um, yeah, love it. Well, if you, if you, uh, whatever your house is worth today, up to a million dollars, you can write off, uh, the home mortgage interest on the acquisition. debt. That's what they call it. When you actually buy the house going in 2018, that's going to drop to $750,000 now, it's not going to impact most families unless you live in a very high cost of living area yeah. that has very high property values. Then that's going yeah, to become an issue. that's not going to affect me. Now, not where I live either, so that's okay. But here's the what might affect a lot of folks. In 2018, a lot of people take out uh, home equity loans to do improvements and things of that nature. Yep. That interest is currently tax deductible. In 2018, it's not. It goes away. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that's,
0: that hurts.
1: Yeah. State and local taxes, a lot of people have uh, those, and those are a write-off if you itemize deductions. Well, they're going to be capped at $10,000. Once again, if you're in a high-tax, high-property-tax state, then that's going to leave a mark and probably cause you some issues. And so, so one of the things you have to look at is with all these things put together, uh, are, is there really going to be the incentive to pay the mortgage interest when I now have a standard deduction of $24,000? maybe not. What about people who make charitable contributions? Well, I now have to contribute another $12,000 to get to a point where I get any tax benefit whatsoever. So charities are worried about, is this going to impact our collections as well? And because of many states, their uh, tax system starts with what your federal taxable or adjusted gross income is, you may see a lower federal tax bill, but you may see an increased state tax bill unless the state makes some adjustments. So, you know, talking about simplification, Tony, the House Ways and Means Committee estimates that the increase in the standard deduction will reduce the number of taxpayers who itemize from approximately one-third of the taxpayers to less than 10%. So you feel better yet, Tony?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I mean, some of these things are, are simpler, but I don't know if it's going to really provide a benefit to me and my family. So hit me again. What else
1: we got? Well, investors have some changes too uh, that are in the market. Uh, there is a, a, a line item; it's called the miscellaneous items deduction, subject to the two percent floor. God, I love, I love to ta- talk tax dirty like that. <laughs> what that means is they take two percent of your adjusted gross income, give that, and if you have these what's called a item uh, miscellaneous itemized deductions, you can take them off as long as they exceed two percent of your adjusted gross income. Well, for an investor in 2018, you can no longer deduct investment expenses. Mutual fund uh, investors may get to deduct their management fees if they're netted against the income of the mutual fund. So how do we look at that as an investor and as a fiduciary, as a registered investment advisor? we have this thing called tax loss harvesting. You ever heard of that, Tony?
0: Um, yes, I have. Yeah. So Uh, I don't under I'm not saying I understand it. Sure. So you need to tell me.
1: Well, what that means is at the end of the year, and you see this going on a lot of portfolios. You'll identify the losers in your portfolio. You're going to replace them anyway, so do it now. You generate what looks like a tax loss on paper to offset the gains of the winners that you have. So that typically goes on toward the end of the year. The new law still allows you to do that, so it's really important to work with your financial. Uh, investment professional to make sure you're in the right kind of strategies you're in the right kind of investment vehicles to take advantage of that because some of the other riders you have they're going away uh, mm. college savings the 529 plans currently only uh, college uh, eligible expenses are allowed this allows you up to ten thousand dollars per year to work for uh primary and uh secondary education. So private schools and things like that, private high school, stuff like that can now take money out of 529 plans and get some tax advantages to that. Not a whole lot happened to retirement plans. That was the good news. There was a lot of buzz about it, but in essentially nothing really happened with one small exception. That's people who do recharacterizations of IRAs to Roth IRAs. At, at the end of the day, what that really means is once you've made the decision and you've paid the taxes the Roth IRA conversion. If you want to change it back to a traditional, the IRS is not going to let you do that because that means they'd have to give you money back and they're just not going to do that.
0: Yeah. Nope. (laughs) They're not. And my head's starting to hurt with all this, but I I know this is all stuff we really need to be aware of. And that's why uh, you don't have to go through all this alone. You're here to give people advice. You're offering that complimentary, no cost, no obligation consultation. But there has to be some more good news here right
1: uh some so here's some random facts in no particular order uh business entertainment expenses are no longer deductible so if you want that uh, business owner to take you out to the ball game he can't write that off anymore Ooh, yeah that's not good either uh, moving expenses it used to be when you wanted to, you made a move over 50 miles or a whole bunch of rules that went on that you could offset and take a tax deduction for your moving expenses the only people who can do that now are members of the armed forces, and they have to be on military orders with a permanent change of station. I'm not sure yeah. why they hit that one, but that one's kind of a, an interesting. So uh, we live in a, a large agricultural economy, so here's one for our farmers. The depreciation recovery period for any machinery or equipment other than grain bin, cotton ginning assets, fence, or other land improvement is reduced from seven years to five years. What that means they can take a big piece of machinery and write it off in five years instead of seven. So to get an acceleration of the write-off of the piece of equipment. Mm, okay. Yeah. And there's a couple that are plugging here for 2019. In 2019, the penalty f- under Obamacare imposed for people who don't don't purchase health insurance, that individual mandate, it's eliminated. It goes away. Mm. And here's the, the most the oddest one in my mind. In twenty nineteen, alimony is no longer deductible by the payer and it's not reportable by the recipient. So that's going to make divorce settlements interesting.
0: Ah, that is weird. Um, <laughs> but hey, guess what? We're 100% out of time for today's show. And I know you have more to talk about with this topic. So maybe we could do a part two on this one.
1: We'll take a look at doing that because like I said, there's a lot going on in this law. And just to, to let our, our listeners know, this uh, the tax law summary that we uh, are going to offer to the listeners today, it's 19 pages long. Wow. And it's that's not, awesome. and it's not in large print. So there's well, a lot going on in there.
0: Sure. And maybe you could talk about some solutions and what you offer to people uh, a little bit more, maybe next week on the show, but we have to go. Why don't you let our listeners know how they can get that tax cut and
1: job act summary report? Absolutely. Uh, you can go to our website, outlookfc.com. Uh, You can request it on our Facebook page at Outlook Financial Center, or just give us a call at 937-552-9990 for that Tax Cuts and Jobs Act Summary Report. Uh, We're also going to be covering those topics uh, and many others in our upcoming seminars in Troy on January 30th and in Sydney on February 1st. Once again, just call our number at 937-552-9990 for more information and to register. Uh, We want to basically give our clients the peace of mind and ensure you pay Uncle Sam what you owe and not a penny more.
0: All right. And that does it for today's episode of Financially Tuned with Rob Burnett of Outlook Financial Center. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Rob Burnett at Outlook Financial Center. Call 937-552-9990.